Brandon and Jimmy, this is Batman calling from Wayne Manor. Your friends Oliver and Alice told me about your new podcast, Almost Got Him. And they wanted me to send you a shout out to congratulate you. So this is for you. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. I want you to remember Clark. In all the years to come, in all your private moments, I want you to remember my hand at your throat. I want you to remember the one man who beat you. <laughs> You're listening to Almost Got Him, a Batman the Animated Series podcast. And now, your hosts, Brandon and Jimmy. What's up? I'm Brandon. And I'm Jimmy. Brandon, before we get into this, what did we just hear? We I think should... our audience needs to know what that was. Oh, I think they know who that was. That was Kevin Conroy, the voice of Bruce Wayne and Batman himself. And, of course, that cop that was in the blimp in, in Leather Wings. So, how did, how did something like this... I was in a Target. And I get a text from this man today, ask me, Brandon. Me. And I get, I see, I'm like, I know who this is. How did this come to be? There's this uh, website called Cameo. Which oh, I'm familiar. I, I use a lot in my proposal to my fiance a couple months ago. So every now and then I get on Cameo and just, I like to peruse around there and see basically how much, who's on there and how much they cost to like get a Cameo from. It's just, it's an, it's a hobby of mine on the side when I'm, at work and I'm bored or whatever. But I was actually on there getting a cameo for my buddy Derek Sturgeon for his podcast, the Gore Club Podcast. Mention. With the uh, Adam Green, and uh, who's a great horror director. If you haven't checked out his stuff, he does Hatchet, Hatchet 2. Check it out. It's great. And they had this tab that said, oh, it's under $150 for really good cameos. And literally, the first thing that popped on there was Kevin Conroy. And I was just like, oh, well, that's an opportunity right there. So I uh, messaged him and said it was from Oliver and Alice, who, for those that don't know, Oliver is my cat. And Alice is Jimmy's cat of like 16 years now. I think that's the part that confused me the most in the target well i didn't want to say it was like why is this because there's two brandon and jimmy this looks like the man who does the voice of the batman and he's mentioning my cat and right away i was very confused about what is happening what's great is i don't know if you're playing the whole clip or not but at the end kevin conroy says the world is about the deep friendships like your friendships with oliver and alice which makes us sound like our only friends are our cats, which I mean, not untrue in not, any way, shape, or not, form. Not relevant, but that every time I hear that, I crack up big time. The people who touch your life—it's friends like Oliver and Alice, who are cheering you on as you start this podcast. Friendships like that are priceless. That's what it's about. And not only, as you listen to it, not only did he, like, say congratulations to us and whatnot, he actually kind of really went into yeah. what's so important about doing a podcast on this particular show is. Didn't he, do, he did the I Am Vengeance, I Am the Knight, He right? did do he that. Did the yeah. classic yeah. Batman. And that's, that's coming up soon. I think that might even be yeah. our next episode. Not 100% sure, but it's coming up for sure. In case you're wondering, uh, we are also going to be on Cameo, the two podunk guys who do the Batman the Animated Series 
uh, podcast. We'll, we'll look into getting on Cameo as well in case people want us to say like bar mitzvahs or anything. Yeah, I think it'll totally... be in, instead of us charging, we'll probably have to pay you to do that. And then, like, <laughs> then we'll use your video of little Johnny's um, bar mitzvah, bar mitzvah. For, for our podcast. Hey, he has to become a man somehow, right? I do want to go ahead and comment before we get into this episode. Thank you to everybody for listening to our show. Of, uh, I've actually heard some like viewer feedback, listener feedback, whatever oh. you want to call it, and it's been pretty positive so far. So pretty happy. I think you, like at your actual like place of work, like your primary job, you actually yeah. heard good things about. Yeah, some people are tolerating it. They're tolerating they're our tolerating. voices and uh, tolerating what us. we're putting together and seem to have some fun with it. And that's that's where we're where we're coming from here. And we're going to have some fun today with Feats of Clay Part 1 and 2. Technically the first two-parter of the show that you actually see Part 1 and Part 2 consecutively of Batman the Animated Series. Now is it is it Feats of Clay or Feet of Clay? It's uh, Feet of Clay. Okay. F-E-A-T. Feats of Clay sounds like something that someone would post on like their cat's Instagram. Or like hashtag feats of clay. Or their OnlyFans, if it's, it's really weird. Something about my feats. My feats. My and, feats. My, and my pawpaws. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I follow a lot of cat Instagrams and some about possums. Why do you follow possum Instagrams? Because I'm not on Instagram, so I don't because know. Because they anything eat grapes, Brandon. They eat don't grapes. you want to see a possum eat grapes? I, the only time I really see possums is like on the road. Some of them <laughs> wear bonnets. And a lot of little animals wear, like, tulips as hats. Well, that's adorable. It is. Maybe. It has nothing to do with feats of clay, but um, this is a Batman podcast. <laughs> but Let's get back to what we should be talking about. But you know about. what does have to do with feats of clay? September 8th and 9th of 1992, which is oh, when, that's when they aired. They aired back-to-back, back, which is what you should do. Hint, Cat in the Claw, who separated their episodes by seven episodes. September, I was in school. I was six. Okay, well, you were probably still in <laughs> you, school. You were vengeance. I was into time. vengeance when uh-huh. this was, as we established in the previous content. But I was still in school, which is where you have the most vengeance-type feelings. This particular episode, both these episodes, Feats of Clay Part 1 and 2. They brought no, no vengeance, both these episodes. But go ahead, they, let's continue. Both of them were directed by Dick Seabast, which is... By the way, my favorite name involved with the Batman the Anime series. And it's written by Marv Wolfman, which is a really, really cool thing, in my opinion. Marv Wolfman? Marv Wolfman. He is actually very important in comics. Oh, I see. Did you know this? I did actually look some of this up, but you can tell us because some people may not know. Yeah, Marv Wolfman's worked in comics since like the 1960s, and he's still working today, even. Uh, He helped create Blade. You know, oh. the Marvel character that Wesley Snipes portrayed in the Blade trilogy. Uh, he wrote Tomb of Dracula, which is where Ch- Blade was introduced. He also co-created Bullseye, the uh, character played by Colin Farrell in the 2003 Daredevil movie. Oh, no. I actually really like that portrayal of him. When he, when he pops peanuts in an old woman's mouth? That's that's so Bullseye, though. Actually, yeah, That movie right. is... Has a lot, lot of issues, but there's some actually really some, like great Daredevil some, stuff in some, there. Some peanuts, <laughs> and one like version that. has a lot of Coolio in it. Marv Wolfman would also go on to pen Crisis along with uh, George Perez, who also did uh, New Teen Titans. Um, now it's the infamous story that in the mid '80s that killed off Barry Allen and uh, Supergirl at the time. Oh, 
for Batman, Marv Wolfman actually created the Nightwing identity for Dick Grayson in the 80s, actually. So this is what Wolfman did. Yeah, yeah. Wolfman did, a, like, a lot of stuff. Does he become a Wolfman when the Wolfbane blooms? No, he does not. He's a Wolfman he constantly. He is the he is a, a, always a Wolfman. Is he a bipedal Wolfman, or is this an all fours? Oh. Bipedal is on two feet, correct? I, I, feet of clay. It's a two feet, two feeted Wolfman. I, I met him at a convention in 2019, I believe. Mid transformation or C full Wolfman? I met him in Chicago at C2E2. Okay. He was on two feet. He's on two feet. So he, he is bipedal. Bipedal, Marv Wolfman. That is two feet. Is, Mar is two feet. Four yes. fetal would be. <laughs> quad. Would be a quad. Okay, that quad. would be a quad fetal. Quad Quad So that, that's like uh, American Werewolf in uh, London. Four feet. Was fetals. that Jack Nicholson? That, wasn't, that was a Chinatown. That was, that was Wolf <laughs> with, with Michelle Pfeiffer. Ooh, cool writer. And I think also is uh, uh, James Spader in Wolf? Uh, he's in Wolf. He's in I Wolf. think that movie's fun. Which because Wolf? That's Jack Nicholson. We have the Joker and Catwoman in a movie. Yeah, together. we do. Yes. Which doesn't seem like that would work. That would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> We've had a whiskey. <laughs> all right, let's veer. <laughs> so, Jimmy, I've got all kinds of bad facts here, but I would like you to start the synopsis, if you don't mind. Well, I can certainly do that. You did cover who uh, put this episode together, yeah. directed by Dick Seabass, who did Cat in the Claw, which you see we previously did, as well as seven-ish more episodes <laughs> of Batman the Animated Series. Uh, so what happens in this episode? So right off the bat, and I do like starting these synopsis right off the with bat. that. Bruce Wayne is just hanging around incognito at an old subway station and is greeted by a Wayne Enterprises employee. I'll be damned if I didn't remember that Lucius Fox was on this show. I did not realize that. About six to seven episodes I, in total. So here's the thing. I have already watched almost, about 90 episodes of the show in the past couple months. Did not realize that with Lucius Fox. When I watched it the first time. Yeah, the design doesn't really, it's not it what you picture. Oh, and uh, his personality is nothing like it, which I will actually go into a lot more later. Would you like to hear some, like, uh, background information about Lucius Fox? Uh, sure, let's throw this in right now. So, Lucius Fox makes his debut here, and he's uh, voiced by Brock Peters, who appeared in multiple, guess what, Star Trek films. Uh, of course. Because that's just... What we do in the show. So he apparently. wasn't in the... No comics? He wasn't a comic character? So, we're getting to that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Lucius Fox actually appeared uh, for the first time in Batman 307, which came out in January of 1979. He was created by Lynn Wayne, who actually writes some episodes of the show later on. Mm -hmm. He was also co-creator of Wolverine, which is a fun little fact. Um, John Cownan was his other co-creator. And uh, Lucius Fox, most people know him as... Uh, Morgan Freeman's character in the uh, Nolan trilogy. Yes. That's my Lucius Fox That's your Lucius Fox fact. I swear on a stack of Bibles, and you really, like, Lucius Fox in this show? I'd be like, no. Oh, I had no idea, because, like, once again, I, like, his character doesn't even act like Lucius Fox. Right, right. Lucius Fox in the comics is like a confidant. Yeah. He's very smart. He would not fall for some of this stuff. Seems like a bit of a bumbling character. Yeah, this yeah, here. this one was kind of just kind of a throwaway yeah. Interpretation and and trust me, later we're going to go into that a little bit more. But go on with your stuff. Well, Fox has a suitcase full of evidence to incriminate one Roland Daggett, voiced by the great Ed Asner. Yeah, um, Asner. For those that don't know, he was in like Mary Tyler Moore. He was in Up. Well, suddenly a bunch of armed thugs appear, and Bruce Wayne appears to be on the other side of the law. Hard cut to Batman. Wait a minute, something wrong here. 
Uh, we got Batman. We got Bruce Wayne. What's going on? Uh, Bat shows up and fights off a lot of the goons. Has a fight with one on giant clock gears, which is comic book AF. Yeah. Uh, Lucius Fox survives and, of course, tells the cops that Bruce Wayne was involved. As we see him escape, escape by a movie theater showing the newest Matt Hagen film, Gangbusters. And wouldn't you know it, there's something strange in the neighborhood of Imperial Pictures where Hagen, voiced by Hellboy himself, Ron Perlman, needs an experimental chemical to keep his face camera ready due to a serious car accident. Would you like to learn a lot about Clayface right let's, now? Let's, we would hear about Clay, let's go jump into Clayface, all right. So we got a lot of stuff about Clayface here. Clayface has been around for a lot longer than I actually knew. Mm -hmm. Like, I did a big research, like, dive into Clayface. Because, like, growing up reading Batman, I did, I was one of those, I love Batman, the character, but I would not read every single issue. I would read mm -hmm. stories I was interested in. My, my knowledge of Clayface is mainly from the cartoon. But he actually first appeared in uh, Detective Comics number 40, which is two issues after uh, Dick Grayson first appeared. Is that right? He's yeah. tied in that, that, uh, that I did not know he came. He was introduced so early. That's June of 1940 for those keeping Oh, count. that's crazy. That, that Clayface has been that long. He was, of course, created by Bill Finger uh, and Bob Kane during that time. But that uh, particular Clayface was not Matt Hagen. So this is the interesting thing about uh, Clayface in this particular cartoon. They actually combine mm -hmm. two of the Clayfaces. There are actually, believe it or not, eight Clayfaces in the comics. Eight. Wow. But there's two that were kind of main, the main ones, which is what the uh, cartoon bases itself off of, which is Basil Carlo, who is the original, and then there's Matt Hagen, who is the second one. Hagen was co-created by Sheldon Modolf, who... Uh, we're going to hear a lot of probably on this show. Mm -hmm. He was uh, the big, like, 1950s, 1960s. Right. Like, Batman, quintessential Batman artist. But what's, another thing interesting about Clayface was he showed up in the animated intro of, ready to take a drink, Batman 66 in the very beginning of the show. Is that supposed to be Clayface? That's supposed to be Clayface. I didn't even know that. He was replaced by Fossface after a little bit. But that is supposed to be Clayface. I did, I did not know that. I did not either. they're going for. I did not either. You see the guy with like the reptilian kind of face? It's the guy that kind of looks weird. Yeah. 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 yeah that's, that's supposed to be Clayface. Wow. I did not, I did I not didn't know that. that. By the way, the Clayface character by Ron Perlman showed up in four episodes of Batman the Animated Series, two episodes of New, of New Adventures of Batman, and he showed up in one video game appearance on Sega CD back in the day, in 1995, I believe. So Hagen's addiction to the chemical is totally evident, as he practically Tommy Wiseau's his dressing room, yeah. much to the dismay of his stand-in Teddy. Getting some serious once-upon-a-time-in-Hollywood vibes here, except not as many feet, and I really doubt stand-in Teddy could kick the shit out of Bruce Lee. But Robin did an okay job doing that on Batman 66. Take a drink. Uh, when Green Hornet and Cato came to town. So stranger things have happened. Uh, there's your daily 66 reference from Jimmy, but I think we've already mentioned it once. So. Yeah, we have. Yeah, which we'll Number two, take a drink. Pretty more as we go along. Uh, so Hagen decides to break into one of Daggett's labs and just take all the chemical he wants, but he's captured by Daggett's goons. Uh, we also reveal here what we already knew, that it was Hagen in the guise of Bruce Wayne <gasps> that started the ball rolling. It's a very nice reveal, and it's interesting how late yeah, it comes yeah. in the episode. Once again, for... Every episode, this is a kid's show. Right, like you almost forget about that plot point entirely. Yeah. We're like 15 minutes into the episode. 
uh, Daggett's goons tear a page out of the supervillain creation guide and douse Hagen with a bunch of the chemical and leave him for dead. This never works. No one is ever left for dead, right? Right? Once, once again, this guy's life has been screwed up by some really, really horrible people. And he's considered the villain? Yes. Another, it's, it's, it's similar in some ways because yeah. he's doing the job for it. So, I, yeah, totally, totally. So back to the Batcave. And again, it feels like a long time since we've seen The Dark Knight. Even he seems surprised that the Bruce Wayne wanted story is still a thing. Also, we see Batman doing some kind of digital trickery on a thug's face <laughs> with the back computer. Few people know this, but this was actually the earliest version of the Reface app. Uh, like, I mean, really early, like 30 years early. Yeah. Next, we have another bat and mouse scene. I like seeing that bat and mouse. Where Bats is chasing one of Daggett's goons in the bat wing. A cool sequence done almost entirely without score until the end when Batman picks up Bell's car and flies around with it. Ultimately, lo ultimately losing the car and just dangling Bell to his death uh, if he doesn't reveal who pulled off the Bruce Wayne switcheroo. Was this the first episode with the bat plane? I think it was in an earlier... I didn't know. I, I can't remember if they had it um, in leather wings or not. I think it's in... It might be that one. I think we saw it once it, before. It, say, if it showed up again, it was in that one. But for those that were wondering, bat plane first appears in Detective Comics number 31, which is like the... Let's see. One, two, three... Or the, the fifth appearance of Batman ever. Now, so, I call it the Batwing. Batplane. So, Are these two separate things? So, it's considered the Batplane. Um, is this actually, my, when it first appeared, it was called the Bat-Chiro. This is my this is my 89 mind kicking in. I think it's your 89. It the yeah. Okay, okay. Batplane's what it's known as. Okay. So, this is a wonderful sequence full of great animation and, and classic Batman toying with a criminal. Though it feels perfunctory in some ways, seeing how, how it ends. Yes. Um, I like when the thug faints and Batman just drops him into a pool on top of a skyscraper. Like, there's so many scenarios where that could have gone horribly wrong. Some Ill, An ill-timed geese migrating, and boom, manslaughter for Batman. <laughs> so Bruce shows up in Lucius' hospital room, only to be arrested by the cops. I don't know, man. I'm not not really the greatest plan on Batman's end here. No, He's showing no, up no. as Bruce Wayne in the hospital room. The greatest detective. But hey, the plot is the plot. And finally, before the fade-out, Stan and Teddy finds Hagen bent over the steering wheel of his oh, car, this, now transformed this this into the hideous Clayface. All the way turned into him, too. And he's just oozing. He's just like clumpy, losing everything. And that's the end of part one of Feats of Clay, or Feet of Clay, whatever. I, how many Feet of Clay there are? I mean, that's just a, it's a very dark ending for a kid's show. It's really, in my opinion, part one is just all set up. Like, a lot of your plot, a lot of your fun plot is in part two. But part one is gradually int introducing you to Matt Hagen, and at the end, oh, he's Clayface now. So wait, are we picking back up with part two of, of Feats of Clay? Yes. <laughs> okay, I see. <laughs> so we're left with this giant dangling participle, which is Bruce is in jail, right? Yes, because uh, he's been framed. So now he's been released on bail. And Batman is now hot on the case of whoever framed him. Hagen is down. But not out as he realizes he now has the ability to change his oh, form into anything he wants at will. He can turn into his former parts from uh, former movies that he used to be in. That's true. And uh, he has stand-in Teddy drive him to the hospital so he can get the jump on Daggett's goons before they bump yeah. off old Lucius Fox. So are they living together? No, they're not living together. He's I, just his, They seem really close. They, this is cool. It's cool. They it's just hang. They live, they live next to Sharon Tate. 
And there's this whole thing that they're doing there. <laughs> so Batman shows up as well to get the jump on the same goon, who's got an obsessive compulsive shtick for some reason. Yeah. He actually tries to kill Fox by smothering him with a pillow. Not something I'd expect to see while I'm watching the Fox 41 Kids Club. That's a local reference, so if you don't get it, then move. <laughs> but the OCD stick has a payoff as Batman traps the goon in an infectious disease closet and threatens him with scarlet fever. Oh, that... that seems intense. The less said about Batman this... Batman wants to give Scarlet Fever to somebody. In the time of COVID, the less said oh, about man. this, the better. I cringed a little bit when I watched that, actually. So he rats on Hagen, just as the police show up, and once again, cop block the Batman. Nice. But wait! It's not a clop. It's not a clop it's not or a, a cop. It's not a clop or a cop. It's Clayface in disguise. Oh, that's where your clop came yeah. from. <laughs> <laughs> it's Lando in disguise. That's, a, that's an old Star Wars Oh, movie. that's... Oh, yeah. As he, yeah. as he rips off a part of his own face and smears it all over the goon to shut him up, just as my mom looks up at the black and white kitchen TV and says, do we really have to watch this while we're eating dinner? <laughs> so the fight continues on the roof, and we've officially got Red Skies. Oh, you're going to see a lot of those when it turns into the new adventures of Batman and Robin, by the way. Yes, the skies are red with the blood of the non-believers. Thank you. We've reached that point. It's like crisis all over again. Which, if you're a comic fan, you'll understand that reference. If you're not, I'm sorry. So Clayface is turning his arms into giant hammers and crab claws and all kinds of things that make for great accessories for the action figure. Uh, but all this shape-changing weakens him. So he takes a nosedive off the roof and oozes, like Ernest, through a sewer grate. Did you have a Clayface action figure? No, I didn't have they, any of He had interchangeable arms, if I remember There's correctly. a new one that is amazing that comes Ooh, with all these kind that. of things that uh, I don't know who did Diamond Select. I don't know who does those, but these new Batman the Animated Series figures uh, are amazing. They did the Batmobile. There's a Batcave. Ooh. I have a few of them, and they're pretty amazing. Early on, they were kind of like sometimes the, the joints and stuff would break, yeah, yeah. but they've really nailed these figures, that, and they are just uh, screen accurate. They perfected them. They're the best. Yeah. They're the best. Batman finds a canister of the chemical with Daggett's name on it and starts putting two and two together. Makes four. That's right. Everything culminates on what I guess is an episode of the Summer Gleason Show because she's hosting, and Murray Franklin, she is not. She's becoming like a star of the show, by the way. She was in the last episode, too. Exactly. But things go about as awful as that as Clayface attacks special guest Roland Daggett with Batman running interference. Oh, Ed Asner, come on. Hagen dubs him, dubs himself Clayface and proceeds to turn himself into a giant critter's ball. Things are starting to get very Cronenberg indeed, as Batman is engulfed in clay. Meanwhile, I'm 12 years old, and the body horror I'm watching at 5 o'clock is going to stay with me forever. But he's still full of vengeance. This is true. Batman lures Clayface into a room full of old monitors, and in the guise of a foolish janitor, has set up a little this-is-your-life scenario. By for way, today's lucky star, by Matt Hagen. By the way, this scene looks great on HBO Max. Oh, it does. It looks it, so all this good. looks great, but this in particular with the, yeah. the snowy screens yeah, it looks, looks so amazing. Good. Upon seeing the many characters he's played over the years and the person he used to be, Hagen goes absolutely bonkers, changing from one thing to another and losing all control. Yeah. This part I actually had to watch much later in life since mom had already turned the channel over to reruns of Facts of Life because this ending is totally intensity in ten cities, yeah. man. You get the good, you get the bad. You take them both, and there you have. Hagen is morphing from one thing to another like it's the end of the black or white video. Uh, at one point, <laughs> he changes into a melted Ken doll version of Bruce Wayne. No bait and tackle, mind you, which of course the cops witness, and Bruce is now off the hook 
for the crimes Hagen commit. I thought that was a nice. That was, yeah. they, they see. Oh, Bruce Wayne. So now they know. Yeah, that yeah. Bruce it's Wayne. It's all good now. Yeah, it's it's a nice way of of handling that. Yeah. Clayface eventually gets his death scene, and we think everything oh, has been tied up in a neat little bow. Yeah, yeah. Until we learn that Clayface's body is just a shell. He disintegrates into a pile of dust in the morgue, and then we see he's taken uh, the form of a lady. Mm-hmm. Who cackles into the camera like it's the end of the thriller video? This is a children's show, exactly, and it's so dark, and it's a, such a great ending. In fact, opinion. that's how this one ends. We push in on the evil eyes, and we realize our bad guy is still out there. He who clays and runs away lives to clay another day, and that's feet of clay, our feats of clay, whatever parts one and two. And we don't see him again for like quite a while. This was another one of those cases, much like Mister Freeze. Yes. Where Bruce Tim and Paul Denny were so pleased with the episodes that they preferred to have it be a standalone tale, which is partially why they didn't bring the character back for quite a bit. That and also the, if I remember correctly, the shape-shifting scenes cost some money. So they didn't really yes. want to do that as much. You got any extra facts? Uh, the only, the only other extra fact I have right off is, if I don't know if you noticed this, but the Imperial Pictures lot. It was actually designed off of the Warner Brothers. Oh, that makes sense. I see that. In uh, in Burbank. Uh, have you been there before? No, I have not. I, I actually have. It's a really, really cool lot. Oh, they, have, they have a section of the tour where they show like vehicles from different like movies and stuff. And uh, they have the Tumblr uh, Oh, I've Bat- seen pictures of Mobile, this. Yeah. And they, have, they also have the Burton yeah. Batmobile there, too. I I took some pictures there back in 2011 with them. When in Burbank, go to Warner Brothers Pitches. And don't get it confused for Imperial Pitchers. No, don't get confused for that. I do have a, a slight uh, observation. Go for it. This episode. Uh, there's a part in this episode where there's a thug whose name I think was Raymond Bell. Uh, he's being chased by the police, and on the police camera it says the guy is in his mid-30s. Seriously, I'm older than that guy. He looks like guy. a friend of my dad. It's so strange to me. That's my random. People thought. aged differently back in the nineties. I guess. Well, everybody's like you know, thirties mobster man in this show. So everyone looks older than me. <laughs> I don't know. You just jump into it, man. So we've already talked about the beginning, the middle, and the end of Pizza Clay, but let's talk about how Batman begins. We're going to talk about what you thought of the title card of Feet of Play Part 1 and 2. Well, we have a very, again, we're going very simple with the comedy and tragedy masks. Is that what we're doing? The, yeah, that is yeah. exactly it, yeah. Which the, is very nice and fitting for uh, Parts 1 and 2, I think. Yes, Being yes. that Matt Hagen is an actor, of course. I feel, I, I think it's pretty okay. I feel like you don't really get a sense of that Clayface is like the bad guy or whatever. Mm-hmm. It seems kind of broad. Yeah. But it is still... Kind of gives you the idea you're dealing with a cinematic type deal. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I thought it was okay, but it was not the it, best. It's, it's okay, it's okay. It's it's nicely done, but um, certainly not top of the list of what we've seen so far. So Speaking of top of lists, let's talk about the quotes that are at the top of our list. When uh-huh. we talk about, holy speech bubble, Batman. Jimmy, what is your favorite quote from parts one and two? Of feats of clay, it can be from part one or part two. It doesn't have to be from both. Uh, so I like this quote. Uh, usually, my things I've said in this have been uh, back and forths and yeah, uh, sort of that. But this is just a one one line uh, from Batman because it um, it seems very Batmany. He's sitting at the uh, back computer, 
this is when he's mulling over. He, he's, he's looking at the, the reface app of the, <laughs> of the, of the thug and he's kind of changing thing around. And he's like, uh, he's looking at him. He's recognizing, he goes, Hmm, I know my fist is landing on that jaw once before. I just like that line. <laughs> That's a good line. I, I just like him. To, I forgot he, about he that. He remembers everyone he punches. Uh, which feels like, I almost think of like Dick Tracy or something with that line. A little bit. Uh, yeah, like landed it. on that jaw once before. Uh, that's that's my favorite line of, of the whole thing. That's a good one. That's a good one. Mine is one of the last lines from Clayface. He When he's about to, we think he's about to like die and dissipate mm-hmm. or whatnot. And he goes, you know what I'd, I'd have given for a death scene like this? And then he just perishes. Yes, I like and that. That part. is my favorite line of Feats of Play Part One and Two. Just part, in my opinion, Part Two of Feats of Play is just really, really good stuff. Speaking of really good stuff, wait till they get a load of me. Wing freak terrorizes. Wait till they get a load of me. Jimmy, wait till they get a load of me. Who is your favorite character from Feats of Play Part One and Two? Uh, I feel like we're getting a little repetitive after the last episode because we just said, well, Mr. Freeze, because he's yeah. the villain. This one, it's kind of the same thing. I it's, have to say It's going to be the same. It's going to be Clayface clay for both of us. Yeah. I, I sort of separate Hagen from Clayface. Like, I know Matt Hagen becomes Clayface. Yeah, Ron Perlman does a good, like, difference. He, he does, but once he becomes Clayface and he's got the shtick and he's turning his hand into animals and yeah. whatnot, like, it's just, I love the design uh, I it just I Clayface as a as a as a visual character is just um, I love watching Batman swing into him and all the shtick they do of him like breaking into pieces and stuff. It's just really great. I feel like he did get more popular because of the cartoon. I don't know if that's for sure, but I honestly didn't know who he was until I watched the cartoon mm-hmm. when I was a kid, and I just thought he was really awesome. Yes, he could kind of shift into different things and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I too picked Clayface for my favorite character just as. I love Ron Perlman's performance in this, and like the transformations that he does, it's really cool, and it all kind of in twenty twenty one still stands out. It doesn't like look aged or anything like Not that. Not at all. It's really really fun stuff. So speaking of celebrities and actors, they tend to get awards when they do really well in their projects, but we are going to give an award right now to the condiment king of this episode. We're giving the Condiment King Award to our least favorite character of Feats of Clay. Who, Jimmy, is your it's your Condiment King Award? Um, I don't really dislike this character, but I just needed to. Um, and I understand there's a plot point here, but I'm going to say uh, the character does have a name. His name is Germs. Oh, okay. uh, he is the obsessive compulsive thug. Voiced by Ed Begley oh, Jr. That's, that's Ed Begley Jr., right? It, yeah, I just, I, I don't, um, I don't dislike the character. You a Begley fan? Uh, I, I like Ed Begley Jr., um, but I just thought I would throw the character in as this particular, I don't know, I just what, think it's a strange, it was a strange... What was the hospital show he was on? Ed Begley Jr.? Yeah. He was in Transylvania 65,000. Well, that's not the hospital show. I don't know the hospital show. He was on show. the one with Mr. Feeney, I can't remember, in Danzel, Washington. Oh, that's Boy Meets World. Yeah, but that was before, this was before. Mr. Feeney was on another show as a young yeah, man? Yeah, No, he was like a doctor or whatever. St. Elsewhere. That's what they... Ed Bailey Jr. Yeah, was on St. Elsewhere? Yeah, I just thought he was that. a funny guy on funny no, things. No. He was on that. He was on Six Feet Under. He's been in pretty much everything. Christopher Guest films. He's quite funny. Yeah, he's coming yeah, up with things. Yeah. I, I, I really like him. 
And I honestly didn't realize that was him at first. Interesting development. Yeah. So not a big germs fan. I, I and in just, 2021, it's easy to not. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't really dislike it. It just stuck out to me as well. This is interesting. An interesting way to go with a thug. Yeah. Um. But I just couldn't think of any less. I like less. So I'm going to throw out germs. So my my comment king award winner might be a little little controversial, mm-hmm. but I'm going to give it to Alicia's Fox. Oh, you know what? That's a better. That's a better option completely, so, man. I am not doing this because I dislike. I really like the Lucius Fox character in yes. the comics, and I really like him in the Nolan trilogy. And this is just not him, and that's kind of why I'm picking him for the Condiment King Award. He uh, these particular episodes, he kind of comes off like a chump to me. Mm-hmm. Like Lucius Fox would never fall for the fake Bruce Wayne act in a trench coat. Such a great character with a lot of potential, and they just do nothing with him here. I think in thinking back to the episode, I just forgot. I just forgot oh, he's about Lucius Fox. I would have listed him too. I just forgot he was he's in, very in the whole episode. And that's that's part of his problem. Lucius Fox should be a big deal. Very forgetful. Right now in the comics, um, as I mentioned in an earlier episode, Alfred's not mm-hmm. it's not alive anymore. He's been dead for over a year now. Lucius Fox has kind of taken his place to an extent. So, Jimmy, I feel like you're wanting to get nuts right now. So let's get nuts. Now you want to get nuts? Come on. Let's get this is our favorite moment of Feats of Clay. What is your favorite moment of this two-part storyline? Oh, the body horror in the third act. Uh, Clayface uh, changing into various things. Naked Bruce Wayne. Um, just crazy stuff going on there with those transformations at the end. Just I love the yeah, transformations. Crazy Cronenberg yeah, stuff. Yeah. It's like... It's like that movie Society with the, where the guy has a butt face. There's just all kinds of crazy stuff there in that third act uh, to love. As I'm watching again, I was like, they got away with this? Like, he's changing into, like... It's really dark, man. The, it, it's yeah, really it's just dark. like, it's like, whoa, whoa, man. I'm sitting here watching this movie eating Brussels sprouts. I watched the show eating Brussels sprouts at 5 p.m. with my mom. And everything's just crazy, whacked out of, the, out of its skull. It's just the ending. The third act is great. Yeah, I pretty much have the third act on mine, too. Um... I love the transformations. Uh, Batman vs. Clayface fight is just dope. Uh, but my absolute favorite moment of the show is the ending where you find out he's really alive and he's the uh-huh. woman. Yeah. And he's just laughing right. and laughing. And it is really messed up mm-hmm. when you're watching it. Like, as an adult, it's messed mm-hmm. up. I can I cannot imagine what kids thought yes. at this time. Like, oh, he's still around. And it, it's very much... I don't really see this as a noir ending. I feel like this is more like a horror movie ending. Yeah. Well, it's a Twilight Zone. Let's have a Twilight Zone. Yeah, it's a Twilight Zone. Yes. Yeah, that's perfect. Isn't Even it? Heart of Ice had sometimes feels, or Heart of Glass, whatever we're called, had like... Heart of Ice. A lot of these episodes have a Twilight Zone way about them. Most definitely. This this certainly does. Yeah. It, this could be black and white. It, it really yeah. could. Yeah. It really could. It really could. But even though we had some really good favorite moments, what is our Martha moment? Why did you say that name? Martha, stop! Please, stop! Why did you say that name? It's his mother's name. Uh, Fita Clay, part one and two. I've got quite a few. Do you? Yeah, you. But you go ahead and start it out because well, I think you might. You, you probably have one of mine. This is going to be very interesting. My Martha moment. Let's go for it. Piggybacking on what you just said. Mm-hmm. I think it's animated wonderfully. The end with the lady. But I'm not a fan. 
Um, my problem with the ending, I, when I'm whatever I'm watching, and I'm just like, who is this lady? Like, I like the animation. Yeah. Uh, I, I get what they were doing uh, with this, but I'm wishing that I'm wishing that Clayface becomes something else other than just pretty lady. Um, before that, we see Stand In Teddy. What if What if he's Stand In Teddy? Okay. What if he's something that has an emotional tie to who he was as Matt Hagen, and he's walking around as that? Um, it always sticks out to me. I'm just like, who is this lady? Like, she's just random lady? Um, there's just no connection to anything else in the story. I love the way it looks. I love the thriller moment. But whenever I see it, I'm just like, I'm. there is an emotional connection to Clayface at the end as some random lady that just doesn't quite work for me. I think it's a bravado animation, uh, and I get why they wanted to do it. But it always seems like maybe they could have done something else with something that's emotionally resonant other than just randomly. Yeah. Controversial. Controversial to what you just said. Hot take. Yeah. As you were saying, and I was like, oh, we have, we're having conflict yes. on the fifth episode of our show right now. As opposed to the last episode, we, we, we were just... We are making Kevin Conroy really unhappy Oh, right yes, yes. <laughs> Alice and Oliver are going to be quite upset. Yes, yes. I have a, I have a couple of Martha moments. Uh, I have one big one. But here's a couple of the smaller ones uh, for me. One comes in part one where the henchmen... Are, Shoot down the sign to take Lucius down. Like, there's a sign that's hanging over him. They shoot the, like, ropes holding it up. Mm -hmm. And it traps him. Because, obviously, the sensors are they're trying to keep the obviously. sensors at bay there. Um, so, that's kind of weird. Uh, when Hagen gets the cream, like, in him, when he becomes Clayface, it looks like he's swallowing all that cream. Mm -hmm. So, that's kind of... That's kind oh, of Oh, the weird. shadow? There's a yeah. shadow shot? Because it's just like, okay, is he swallowing all this? Is he, like, choking on it? Is he suffocating on mm -hmm. it? It's, it? That's fairly odd. Uh, and magic voice modulator where he turns his voice into a lady. So oh, that, that is weird. weird. Yes, that <laughs> is weird, yeah. But my main Martha moment is, and I can't believe you didn't bring this up, Batman showing up undercover as a janitor with his costume on like, under his janitor clothes. Well, I did say he with shows a mask on. As a foolish with janitor, the I the mask say that. on. Yes. It's yes. one of the dumbest things that is, I have it, ever seen. It is very strange. That is it my... Is very, very strange, yes. Possibly my definitive Martha yes. moment of this entire series. Oh my God. That was bad. He couldn't be, like, Matches Malone or just, just, you know, Bruce Wayne in, like, some kind of, like, makeup or whatnot. No, he has to put on the cape and cowl and hide under a janitor suit. It's one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. It's, it's pretty weird. It's very it's cartoon. Weird. Like, yeah. bullshit, basically. It's like when the Ninja Turtles oh, put on those weird masks and a trench coat. It's got, it has that same kind of feel. So, overall, what are we going to grade this episode on, Jimmy? Uh, so today, uh, we're going to do a slight advertisement for, uh, for Roland Daggett. Uh, as far as his new... Uh, Daggett's experimental face compound, Renew You. Uh, so if I had to give this episode uh, some vials of this material, uh, I think... Out of five. Out of five. Out of five uh, uh, vials of the new You cream. And I'm including both episodes as Yeah, yeah you have to combine the two. On I would say four out of five doses of Daggett's experimental face compound, Renew You. So four out of five. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm trying to think of... so. Part one for me was, I didn't love part one, mm -hmm. actually. Um, how did this work as a two-parter for you, actually? 
Um, I, you know, it kind of reminded me a little bit of Cat in the Claw, and then I also asked myself, why is this a two-parter? Um, it, but that was kind of my issue with part one. I just felt like part one was kind of just prolonged. It has a great ending. It has, it has a, a hook great ending. Becoming but Clayface. But the first two-thirds of it, I'm just like, okay, where are we going with this? And it does feel like that Bruce Wayne, oh, Bruce Wayne, is it like that, that sort of plot point, um, comes back halfway through the episode, and you're like, oh, that's right, that's right, we saw Bruce Wayne... Do something shifty. Yeah. Then we leave that and we come back to it. And it's a nice, nice how they sort of. Um, we really veer into the Matt Hagen storyline and forget a lot of that that's yeah, going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it does seem kind of strange that first act, the first episode. Yeah, yeah. The first episode's not my favorite. Like, if I were to give a grade to the first episode, it'd probably be like two out of five face mm-hmm. frames. But part two, I really like. A part two, like that whole third act is just magic. Yes. So I would give part two probably four and a half, like, face frames. So let's go kind of in the middle. Um, I said four and a half and two. I would say three and a half vials of face creams for Peter Clay, part one and two, from Brandon right here. So you like the episodes as a whole? Yeah, I think I, I like the episodes. I, really, I just like the I like the Clayface storyline. I like, line. I like the old Hollywood uh, storyline of the actor, the vain actor. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like all that. I love the, the Batman. Uh, Batman keeps getting caught blocked by all the different like policemen that are just like, I'm just, I'm, hey, man, I'm just trying to like interrogate this guy. Yeah. And like cops are constantly trying to stop him while he's doing his job. Yeah, I like all these these kind of things. And I love Ron Perlman. So. And I love I love the voice. I love Ron yeah. Perlman. Him, Ed Asner's always great. Uh, Ed Asner is, is like, great. You could not do wrong with Ed Asner. And we bring Roland. Roland Dialogue does come back on occasion. He does. Yeah, he, he does. does. He does. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple of those like gangster type yeah. characters that show up. Like a lot. He's like a Maroni kind of yeah. character as well. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, overall, Feet to Clay is good. Unf- unfortunately, it's following Hearts of Ice, which is just amazing. Yes, this episode molded our young minds uh, when we were young. It's just like, oh, Clayface, yeah. I want to just stick him down on my newspaper and uh, make an imprint of Popeye or Blondie. And you know when we start making puns that it's about time to go. Because we're just filling time. That, that would actually be Silly Putty. Do kids know what Silly Putty is anymore? I don't think they do. Because like, you can't find that on your... That's not an app on your phone. No, because you would put it down on a newspaper and you'd pull oh. it up and like, oh, there's a family circus. You just, I'm sure there's other reasons you would use Silly Putty. I've got, I've got a question for you. So, so Clayface is one of those characters they haven't really used in, in live action. Yeah. Who would you have play Clayface? I made so many puns for it. I, I can't. Oh, you know what? You know who I have a picture? Yeah. I'd picture uh, 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 Thanos. Oh, Josh Brolin? Yeah, I would picture Brolin. Okay, yeah. Brolin's a good pick. I like that one. Because he reminds me kind of like, for, for a second I was like DiCaprio, because I kept saying uh, some jokes about uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But I, yeah. Then I thought about um, uh, I thought I thought about uh, Thanos there, and I thought he kind of an older, like over the hill. He's not over the hill, but you know he yeah. could play that kind of actor. He's in his forties that uh, might want to, you know, have an accident and put something on his face. I can see, I can see him rolling planet. So that's yeah. what I'm gonna say. I mean, that's a good pick. But in the comics, I actually read him as Nathan Fillion. Oh yeah. I just feel like he's when it comes to the actor persona of Clayface, right. he's the perfect kind of the over the top. Uh, with the bravado and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And yes, that is Feats of Clay, uh, the two-parter uh, with Clayface Man. <laughs> <laughs> Take so, three. So, Brandon, 
Yes. Where can people find us online if they want to uh, download this podcast or find out more about what it is that we, we're doing here? I mean, yes, they've just listened to this, but where can they find it more? So right? we're pretty much on every podcatcher of choice. We're on Spotify. We're on App, oh, we're on Apple. I believe uh, you're uploading them onto YouTube. Yes. Uh, are we on Stitcher? I don't uh, know what Stitcher is, but I keep hearing about it. Yes, I believe it goes there as well. Yeah, so we are on pretty much anywhere you can find us every week, middle of the week-ish. Uh, next week, we will look into the episode uh, known as It's Never Too Late, which is, I think, believe one of the first episodes to not feature a major of these oh, well, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah. And then in two weeks, we have the uh, Joker's Favor coming oh, up. Oh, yeah, I watched that one the other night. So we have some good <laughs> stuff coming <laughs> up. <laughs> I'm Brandon. And I'm Jimmy, and I've been drinking some peanut butter schnapps. It's peanut butter whiskey. And we want to thank you for going into this dark night with us tonight. Join us next week for another edition of Almost Got Em. A podcast about Batman the Animated Series. See you then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Almost Got Him, a Batman the Animated Series podcast. Anyone else want to go?